0: Hey everybody, it is Richard Harris and I'm here with another special re-release of episode two ever of the Surf and Sails podcast. That's right, episode two, the first one we ever, the second one we ever did. Uh, we also released episode one if you haven't heard that. This is actually season four, episode 19, but it's from uh, I think 2017 or 18 when we did about... 200 episodes the very first season we were crazy insane back then um not that we're any less crazy or insane just about different stuff quick shout out to our friends over the hubspot podcast network thank you so much for supporting us supporting the serpent sales community and of course supporting the sales community at large if you haven't checked out the hubspot podcast network you should in fact a good friend of ours scott clary uh has a great podcast where he interviews entrepreneurs and public speakers, and just all kinds of different folks who will just lift you up and inspire you. Um, so please go check out Scott Clary over there on the HubSpot Podcast Network. And now on with the show. Doing all right? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. You doing all right? Yeah, man. Cool. We should be good. I think it's recording. It says it's recording. So said it was. It is. Um, all right. So today we are going to focus on interviewing, which you and I both love, um, and we're not being sarcastic about it. If we could get paid to, to go on job interviews and blow people's minds, we would love to do it. <laughs> um, I do want to make sure that we, uh, you know, As we go through this, we talk about like what are some tips people could do. But um, one of the things I think is the most important thing is changing the mindset of people going into an interview. So, how do you see that? What do you you know if you're coaching somebody about how to interview? What what are some of the first things you tell them to do?
1: Um, I mean, I I I think just try to make sure that you realize that it's a two way interview, not a one way interview. You know you are interviewing the company and the leaders um, just as much, if not more than they're interviewing you. You know, so I think, the, I think, the, I think the power dynamic is not, is not as one sided as um, we often treat it or often think that it, that it is.
0: And I agree with you. I mean, we've had this conversation, but it's, it's interesting how often people will go into these interviews thinking like, Oh my God, I'd hope I don't blow it. I'd hope I don't blow it, which actually psychologically puts them in this sort of position of weakness, right? They're sort of coming in, putting the, the potential company or their potential boss up on a pedestal, very similar to how salespeople do that to their prospects, right? It's the same. Yeah. Thing. Well, one of the, I think one of the reasons people, people run into that issue is
1: maybe they lock in on like one company or one opportunity, you know, similar to the sales pipeline, they, they don't have enough interviews lined up. And so they get overly fixated on like, well, I got to, you know, nail this one. I need to make sure that they, you know, love me. So I, so I get the offer and that, that's, it's a, the wrong way to approach it.
0: And yeah. Mail. And I, I definitely want to dive into that in a second, but I, I also sort of want to expound on that is that your, the the premise of this is to understand that, the mindset needs to shift. Right. And don't put people up on a pedestal. And I think part of the problem is that nobody's ever taught them how to do this. Right. Nobody ever taught. I remember when you and I were going through this, you know, at different times in our careers, nobody ever told us how to do these interviews. Right. Um, At least as I recall it, you and I would get on the phone and we'd start talking about it. We go, Oh my God, you're right. You're right. This isn't so much more fun now.
1: Right. And so, uh, so, so, how, so how are you, how would you coach people now, right? Like if I, if I was going to go through the interview process now, like what are a couple of things that you would coach me to do?
0: Well, I'm going to sort of go back to the beginning. So the very beginning is looking at your resume and your, and your LinkedIn profile.
1: Well, let's, uh, let's, well, yeah, let's start there. D- does a resume even matter anymore?
0: only because people are stupid enough to still ask for it Uh, (laughs) like you know and and granted you and i are in this different position where you know we're not out interviewing for people although um you know i'll be the first to say i've taken the occasional interview every now just as a lead gen tool for myself and my training services right like but but that's how i see it it's like well if they want to talk to me i might as well talk to them they clearly have a problem maybe maybe they will be so amazing, so cool, that I'll have to consider actually going to work for them. But on the other hand, why wouldn't I take that as a perfect lead gen tool for what I do, right? Same for you. Um, I know you've gotten jobs doing this, you know, doing it this way, sort of balancing that consulting stuff. But, but to your question of, they are, to me, they are one in the same. I know people will say differently. I know we're gonna do a session on LinkedIn and, and some values of how to really build your LinkedIn profile. But it's funny to me because people will say, hey, can you send me your resume? And I'll just politely say, no, it's 2019. I don't do resumes. My LinkedIn is my resume. Uh, And part of the the reason I say that, one, is because that's just the truth. But two, if I were really trying to promote myself the right way, you know, we feel weird sending a two-page resume. I don't care. And I don't think people care if they have to scroll 16 times to read something. Yeah. An
1: interesting point. I definitely agree with that. Somebody sent me a resume the other day and it was like three and a half pages. Yeah. And I was like, man, you gotta, you gotta trim this. But if they sent me their LinkedIn profile, I I don't think anything of it.
0: I, you wouldn't even think about it. Totally.
1: That's, that's,
0: that's the first thing. The other thing I do, and I'm very meticulous about this. I I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, um, or, or what you think, but I, I don't care if it's sales or engineering or marketing or whatever. People who are looking at LinkedIn profiles or resumes, they want to respond to numbers first. So if I'm a salesperson, right? And I've hit quarter, I don't say Q4 2019, this percent. I literally start 110% dash Q4 2019. The next line, you know, Q3 I'm sorry, uh, 98% Q3, 2019. Uh, and then this is the other piece. People say, what happens if I had a shitty quarter? I'm like, that's fine as long as you've got other good quarters around it, right? Because I want you to be able to say, oh, Q1, you know, or sorry, 72%, Q1, 2019. I want, to, I want Scott to go, wait a minute, you hit it here, you hit it here. What happened here? That's the story because that's what they're looking for. they want to tell that story, and to pretend like you hit every number every time is just foolish unless you've done it if you've done it, great, but if you haven't, be honest about it, and people respect that sincerity but I'm really huge on that percentage that growth has to come first fifteen reps hired and up and you know ramped in six months um, you know one hundred and twenty two percent conversion from inbound leads to whatever' Put that percentage first because I know that captures people's attention. What do you Mm -hmm. think about that? Have you ever seen it that way or thought about it? I've never been in the position to have to
1: put it up there on my own resume. I get those kind of resumes all the time. Um, I I hire maybe a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. I I don't tend to be overly impressed by people who put – Numbers and percentages and attainments all over the place. You know, when I'm trying to hire somebody, I'm much more concerned about who the heck is this person sitting across from me? What are they all about? Who are they? What are their goals are? All this kind of stuff. If I'm just staring at the resume, I don't really get a ton out of the resume.
0: But here's my point I'm going to call bullshit on you a little bit because before they show up, they still got to have this number. And I know you well enough that I know that you'd be like, all right, let's. Let's see if this motherfucker can really hit these numbers. Let's see if he or she can justify how they hit those numbers. So I want those numbers may not make you hire them, but don't they make you ask the stories you want to hear? Not, not really. I
1: mean, I, I'm i been more interested in the story of like, okay, you were at you know the Harris Consulting Group for the last three and a half years. Okay, mm-hmm. well, in order to be there for three and a half years, like you must have done pretty well. I see here that you've hit you know these particular numbers, like, what was, what was the hard part? What was the good part about that job? What what about the times you missed? And, you know, you said before, like, just kind of own the fact if you haven't missed that's that power dynamic thing I'm talking about again, you know, people, people kind of dread maybe to having to talk about the time they missed or something. It's like, no, dude, just own it. Just own it. Just be like, here's what happened. You know, I didn't, I didn't prospect, you know, enough. I learned that lesson and you can see I fixed that. In the next particular quarter, yep. right? Or you know, I, I had some health challenges, or you know, I, I lost a parent, and this fucked me up, and or it was you know, my first quarter, it was yeah, random, right? Right. I was just yep. trying to figure out what the heck to do, just like own it. And people people don't own the don't own that that story enough, you know. Again, because like I think they have so they don't go into it trying to get enough. Job opportunities—they go into it with like one or two interviews, yep. and so they're like too scared. So they come from this position of of weakness. You know, I I literally wouldn't want to go work for somebody if they were like, nah, I, I'm not going to hire this guy because you know his mom passed away and you know he stopped performing. Like, right. I don't want to go work for that person anyways, right. man. So I, I want to work for somebody who gets me, who I tell my whole story to, and they're like, yeah, all right. I buy that.
0: I like, I like that. I want I want to work with that person. Totally agree. And, and yeah. again, the easiest way to make the, you know, if it was me and you, we'd probably walk into the interview, say hello. And we, in theory, at least I would be like, Hey, I know your first question is going to be what happened in that quarter. So let's go ahead and talk about that first. Can we yeah, just get it over with, right? Just get it over with and, but do it in a positive way. Like I'm not scared. I'm not afraid of it. Right. Um, I want to admit that I have, you know, my, when people say, well, what are my biggest weaknesses and my biggest strengths, but my biggest weakness is my biggest strength. I think that's the worst thing ever. I hate that fucking answer. Right. Uh, I suck at this. I'm working on it, but I still suck at it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just own it. Um, yeah. But then I would turn around and, and ask, this is the other tip that I would do. If Someone ever asked me one of those, I call them the stupid questions in an interview. I just turn around and answer it honestly and then go. What about you? What's your biggest weakness and strength, right? Why should I come work for you if that's your weakness, right? Yeah. If you can't if you're telling me you don't have enough time to spend time on the floor. Why should I come work with you? Yeah. Now sure. it's on them. This is because those are the answers we want to know. Those are the okay. answers I want to know as a potential rep or manager. V.
1: As somebody in a hiring position, like, I respect those kind of questions. Yes. I, I pay a lot of attention to the questions somebody asked me
0: mm-hmm. during
1: the interview process. Yep. You know, how, how, how powerful they are, how intelligent they are, you know, oftentimes. Oh, why?
0: why does that you know, matter to you? you? When you say I pay attention to the kinds of questions they ask me, why do you like it when someone challenges you a little bit? Well, they have,
1: they have confidence, number one, I feel like, right? And I, and I feel like up? they, huh?
0: How does that how does that confidence translate to a sales skill though?
1: Well, come on. I mean, if you have if you have confidence in the interview process, you have confidence in your ability to sell. You have confidence to ask me in the interview process difficult questions. You have confidence to ask a prospect difficult questions as well.
0: Right? I just wanted you to say it out loud. I know. <laughs> okay. I
1: make sure I know what I'm talking about.
0: I'm just, <laughs> Scott, after yeah. 10 years, I really got to make sure you know what you're doing, but I don't want that's, you to be normalcy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh by the way, I heard about what you said about me on the Barrows podcast. Just so. You- hey, we need to stop right there. We'll get back to uh, hearing about what Scott said on uh, about me on the John Barrows podcast. Um, but need to take a quick break to support our friends over at HubSpot, the CRM that is very fun, simple, and easy to use. Um, they have amazing support over there. In addition, they have easy to use integrate. Uh, tools that helps teams do more with less. They have AI powered tools like Content Assistant, which means less time spent on tedious manual tasks, and more time spent on what matters: your customers. I mean, I think about it like: how often are we not with our customers when we should be? How often are we doing all this little piddly, menial, silly, busy work? Right? Like it's it's just silly. So be sure to check out the HubSpot CRM. We've got a link to them in our show notes. Remember, you can use HubSpot to do things like drag and drop attention, grabbing emails and landing pages. And you can set up some marketing automations. Um, You can make sure that all your contacts have the white glove treatment that we all know, love, deserve, and want them to have. So again, thank you to HubSpot for supporting the Surf and Sales podcast. Check out the HubSpot Podcast Network. And of course, thanks to HubSpot for supporting the sales community at large. So I see you. Well, yeah, it's
1: probably well, well, well deserved.
0: All uh, right. Yes. I want, is. I want, I
1: want people who, 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 are listening to to really think about this, like kind of flipping the script and change, changing the the mindset here during the interview process. Like you are, you have a lot more control here than you might think that you that you do, and a lot more power, right? Yeah, you're in that room because you need a job, but guess what? They need to fill a seat. <laughs> You know what I mean? Whether it's a VP role or an entry-level sales or whatever role, like, they're under the gun as well. If I don't fill enough seats, like, I'll lose my job, right? So we're, we're interviewing each other here. And, you know, I, I really think one of the mistakes that people make is just only talking to one or two companies, you know. The last time that I was, like, seriously looking for a job, I was more or less collecting offers. Is how I how I looked at it, you know. I had like a dozen different companies in play, and they were scattered all of, not even just across the US, they were scattered across the globe, to be honest with you. I had one really good opportunity in in uh, in Europe, and I we almost I almost took it, you yeah, know. I remember um, yeah. So and that 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 makes the process to me so much more fun, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I could do this, I could do that, this product is interesting, that product's interesting. This CEO is really cool. That team was cool. The culture. This city was cool, right? And and it it just like it frees me up. I think to not be held hostage to a particular opportunity. Yep. Right. And that empowers me to ask questions
0: that I might be otherwise too scared to ask. Totally. So I want to come back, and then I want to move on to sort of the interview process. But LinkedIn and resume. What uh, you agree or disagree with? are they the same thing? Different. Oh, to, to
1: to me, it's the same thing at this point in time. When people ask me for my resume, I say, "Yeah, look at my LinkedIn profile." No, I need a copy. And I say, "Okay, then download the PDF." Right. You know, right. like I, I I don't even have one saved I'm like, Yeah. I, I literally don't have one at this point in time. Yep. So, um, I I just I just think that you're. you're you're forcing people to jump through hoops for, for no particular reason if you're, if you're a hiring manager to create a resume and forward it over. No, just send me your, your, the link to your LinkedIn profile, you yeah. know, and, and people who are looking for gigs, like all the more reason that your LinkedIn profile better be up to date and better be robust, right?
0: So what about this? So let, let's say I got a job. I got a good job, right? And I'm like, God, man, I, I haven't really updated my LinkedIn profile. And, you know, since I got here a year ago, 18 months, I think I should go update it. But I'm concerned that, you know, if my if my boss sees it, he's going to think I'm looking or she's going to think I'm looking. What do I do? Like, should I still update it? Like, how do I avoid that pitfall that exists? Um, I have an answer to this, but I, I, what's your advice to people on that one?
1: I, number one, I am not trolling and scanning LinkedIn
0: as the see, as a boss,
1: you you as, as a boss to right. see which people of mine are like, you know, making changes every day or on the regular to their LinkedIn. I don't have time for that shit. And if so, they
0: are, what's your opinion of that boss?
1: If ha, they're not a very good boss, what are they doing with their time if they're doing that? Right? Yeah. They're not focused on anything that's driving the business forward. They're, Correct. they're overly paranoid. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. Look, and if you, if, 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 you have an issue with my organization and you're, and you're, you know, looking around or thinking about looking around, like, all right, you know, go ahead. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, maybe we're not doing something right. Right. Or, or, or maybe you're not doing something right and maybe I'm okay with you leaving, yep. you know, go ahead. I, I, I got, I got no problem. You know, my, I'm so open about all this stuff that I have employees employees who come up to me and say, Hey Richard, I got a or hey Scott, I got approached by such and such company. You know, they're asking about this, that, that and the other. And I'm like, well, why don't you talk to them? You know? If 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 they make you an offer that I that I can't beat, more power to you. Go take it. I've done my job. I've helped you get where you're trying to go. If you don't like what they have to say, then you know, come on come on back. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Right. Yeah. Interview them. See, see, see how much that, you know, you hear that you don't like that kind of thing. So
0: see what you're worth, right? Yeah, that's the the whole point, right? Like that, that is the whole point. Um, I, you know, and I think if you don't know this, you know, for those who don't know, you can turn off notifications in your LinkedIn profile. I would at least encourage that. You don't necessarily need to make it easy for your boss to get that notification. Oh, so-and-so updated their profile. You know, at least be, at least be smart about it. You're not being sneaky. You're not being, you're being professionally discreet so that you don't distract your boss. So you don't distract other people on your team because it's going to notify every fucking body and you don't distract yourself to do what you need to do. Look, nobody's going to take care of you more than you. right? Right. And Companies will try to take care of you and they will claim to, and they will, it is their job to build that culture. But ultimately, you as a human being, you got to look out for yourself a little bit because when yeah, you know, and, when it, hits and the, and man, the company's going to make make the decisions they need to make.
1: That's you know? right, you know, and, and and they don't own your LinkedIn profile at all. Period. That's a whole other
0: topic. We're going to go into this that.
1: My this is my real estate. Okay, yep. you know, I don't have to put your company picture as my background. Sorry, never, never,
0: have,
1: you know, unless I want to, and I
0: certainly. Well, they pay you. Hey, if you're going to use my real estate on the corner of 1st and Main Street and you want me to be a guy out there spinning a sign about houses, then pay yeah. me. Even that guy gets paid to spin that little placard and flip yeah. it around. Like, yeah, yeah, can pay me. Yeah, right? can. And no, that yeah. doesn't mean my base salary or commissions. Right. <laughs> That's right. not my job. So.
1: Yeah. And you're going to get, you know you're going to get upset because somebody in the organization gave me a recommendation. And so, because I got a recommendation, it it makes you paranoid to think that I'm going to leave.
0: Come on, man. All right. So, and if you're working in a world like that, then that should tell you what your culture is and you should be looking to leave. Right. And if you're a boss who's built that culture, well, Good luck to you. See ya. Scott, Scott, this is, this is where we plug ourselves for free for consulting services. I'll even give you the first 30 minutes free. So, <laughs> uh, but uh but sort of moving on. So let's get into the interview, right? Like so we've set up LinkedIn, we talked about those things, what to look for in your job. Let's talk about that interview. Let's talk about that first interview. Um wh- you know, and, and you tend to hire a lot at the early stage sales rep career, right? Like that's for most of what you've done. I want to talk about them in two different ways. You know, this this person who's first or second sales job, first job out of college. What are the things you, you would give, what advice would you give those people? It's like, what do you mean going in and interview them? I don't even have a job. How should I interview Scott Lise If How can I teach, think I'm interviewing him? I don't have anything yet. What, what's your advice to that, to that person?
1: Well, I, I think one of the best things you can do is know what you want out of your next role and on some level your career. One of the worst things that I can hear from somebody is, well, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. I might want to do this. I might want to do that. Man, my job is not to help you figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. My job is to help the people who know what they want to do right now, get to where they want to go next.
0: Yeah. But what happens if I'm, you know, look, I'm 24, 25 years old. I think I might like sales. I don't know. Like, is, are you sort of like,
1: you're, you're an idiot. If you come interview for a sales job and, and you say, well, I might like sales. I don't really know. Fucking lie to me. I'd rather you lie. I'd rather you lie to me. You can still have that thought in, in the back of your head, but don't come in to a sales interview and tell me, "Well, I, I might like sales. I might like marketing. I might like CS. I don't really know. I'm still trying to figure it out." I, I ain't hiring that person. Right. Period. Yeah. I'm period because you don't even you don't even have the smarts to 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 fake it. You don't have the smarts to lie to me and be like, "Yeah, I want to do I want to do sales." Right. No, but uh, you know, if, if keeping it really honest, like the people that I want in that early stage are the people who are like. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of sales, but that's what I want to do. I want to get in early. I want to learn. You know, I like the, the financial opportunity. I like, to, I like talking to people. You know, I like building value, all this kind of stuff. That, that's, what, that's what I want to hear. You know, I don't want to hear some, about somebody who's wishy-washy and trying to figure it out.
0: Right. What, what like, if I come I, in and I said, Scott, look, man, I love changing people's minds. I want to convince them to change the way they're doing things. Is that better than coming in and saying, well, I like talking to people and helping them solve their problems. Like, do you really want to hear people say, Oh, I like okay. solving problems, you know?
1: Uh, there's pieces of those, both those comments that I like and, and, and don't like, you know? what, are,
0: what are the pieces you don't like? Let's start there. Well, I
1: don't tend to, when somebody says, I like talking to people, that makes me think of like a Nordstrom's, you know, worker. Who's just like servicey and friendly and just trying to,
0: you all know,
1: in t- 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 totally helpful like that that doesn't strike me as a hunter or or a closer so i, I don't i don't love that particular piece
0: so if someone comes in and says that and they and they say so so now let's flip it let's give some managers some advice right let's say someone some rep comes in and says well, you know you look at the things you're like this person looks interesting it's worthy of a shot and and they're still in their career they don't know how to interview so how do you help bring it out of them in that interview if i come in and i say hey scott you know I really like working with people and helping people solve their problems. Um, You know, I I see all the stuff you do on LinkedIn and, and how smart you are, you know, and and you look like the kind of person I want to work for, but you know, what would you then say to me to try and pull out more? I would, I would would probably say
1: that you sound like a customer service person to me. You know, you like helping people with their problems. You like talking to people, helping them out. How come haven't looked at customer success, customer service, you know, and, and that direct kind of, question um, helps me get to the answer that I'm looking for one way or the other. If somebody responds to that and is like, well, hold on a second, and has a good answer as to why they don't want to do that, I like that. It tells me that they, they're self-aware and they know, know who they are. If they're like, well, you know, I've thought about that and I've applied to some of those
0: jobs, then I'm like, oh, red flag's going off. Like, they don't know what they want to do. Do you do this is a, this is another tip for the managers out there and even you know even for the the reps who are listening, I remember you used to do this a long time ago, which was we would interview people when we worked together, and your favorite tactic, which I loved and, and picked up from you, was or a take tactic that I've ended up loving was, you know what Scott, uh, I don't, I don't know man I, I you know I mean the interview could go great let's let's sort of prep it. the interview goes great you really like it and you're like Scott I. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just not convinced. I, I don't know. Why don't, why don't we do this, Scott? Why don't you, why don't you go home and sleep about on it tonight? And if you're still interested, call me back tomorrow. Right. Like you would say this to reps. You taught me to say this to reps yeah. or candidates. I, I, I still do variations
1: of that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, um, I still would kind of say, look, you know, sounds like you've got a few things going on. You're, you got a bunch of irons in the fire. You know, why don't you go home and sleep on it? Think about our company. Think about what we do, where we're headed. Think about working for me. Think about working for Richard and these other people. Think about our culture, and you know, get back to me tomorrow if it's if it still feels like something that you that you want to do. If not, you know, good luck with some of these other opportunities. Um, and you know, sometimes that pushes people away, and I'm okay with that. And sometimes what happens is it makes those people really want to fight for the role. Uh, and get back in, right. um, and either of those are are good outcomes for me in in my world in the in the hiring manager yep. uh, seat in that in that in that moment.
0: You yep. know, where do you you know in this in this stage of the game, um, sort of going back and again we're sort of folks shifting a little bit more in management for for the you know is that something you do after the first interview after the second interview when do would you try that strategy these days?
1: I do right
0: first <laughs> I. This
1: is like a pet peeve of mine. I cannot stand a like twelve-step interview process. How fucking long does it take for somebody to make a decision? Okay, especially salespeople who are results-driven and like instant gratification. You know what I mean? you, You you talk to certain founders, and you know they're like engineers or or they're you know private equity finance kind of people. It's like they they do this. Very regimen and like little by little, week or two goes by. It's like, dude, I am I am way moved on by you after two weeks, three weeks, you know. Um, so I, I move quick, man. You know, in the early stages, like I'll have a phone call with you, and you know, if it makes sense, we'll bring you on in. When you come in, I will have you meet with as many people as I can right there in that moment because. I don't wanna to have to bring you in again and go through all of this stuff all over again. And, and it's unfair to the candidate. How many times do you have to leave work in the middle of the day, right? Or leave on your lunch break and like dart back and forth? That's screwed up, man. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm not into that. So I, I, I move, I'd move quickly. Yeah. How do you feel about- just add- as, a, as a candidate, that's like a massive red flag to me. I'm thinking to myself, man, I have interviewed with you three or four times. and am like, you don't know if I'm a good hire or not. That tells me you're going to make every other decision this particular way. It's going to take ages for you to decide to, you know, invest in this piece of training or technology. It's going to take ages for you to decide to give me a raise.
0: I don't want to deal with that. Yep. What uh, That's something for people to look out for, in my opinion. What, what, what's your theory? And I, I've only participated on I've never organized one, so I, my, my knowledge is limited. What's your theory on the two or three hour interview where they run you through the grinder, right? Like there is value to like, Hey, coming in and spend an hour, maybe an hour and a half to meet with Scott, 30 minutes with Scott, 30 minutes with a rep, 30 minutes with your potential man. Like I get that, but like, where is that too much? Do you think that's a smarter way these days? Like what's your thought? I
1: don't think, I personally don't think it's too much. Um, I would rather talk to everybody that I need to talk to the, the first time I come in and have to keep going back and talk to somebody new every single time. That does not feel like an efficient use of, of my time right. or, or an effect, efficient use of the company's resources. Yep. So I'd have no problem going in and spending 30 minutes talking to six or seven different people um, and, and getting it over with, getting to a yes or a no faster. Isn't that what we try to do in sales? Yeah. You're trying to get to a yes
0: or a no faster. Right? How many, just out of curiosity, if you're running a sales team when you're when you ran sales teams, uh, how many? Not the number of times they came in, but let's say they came in, they would meet with you. Who else would they meet with? Like, what was your just just as an example? I, usually, like three or four other people. Okay.
1: You know, and I, I tried. I try personally to, you know, spend a chunk of time, and then everybody else is the same kind of. I, I don't think you need. I really, truly don't think anybody needs more than like thirty minutes hiring.
0: And when you yeah. do that, yeah. And I'm just trying to help people who are thinking about a process. When you do that, is it? Hey, Scott's going to cover this. You know, yeah. We we sort of we sort of delegate responsibilities a little bit. You know, I,
1: I might have one person really focus on like pipeline building. I might have somebody else focus on closing. I might focus on you know culture and mindset and and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that, that way we all know kind of our, our role and what we're looking for, right? And then we share, you know, feedback and, and notes. And by the, end, by the end of the interview process, I go talk to a few of my people. And it's like, okay, five of us talk to this person, you know, rate them on this particular thing. Are we a yes? Are we a no? Are we a maybe? If we're a maybe, how do we get off the maybe seat and get to a yes or a no, right? And we try to, I try to move very fast. Do you, do you have like a rubric that you used or are you no, that? No, I'm not saying I, I, that's a bad idea. I just, I just didn't.
0: That's why I, that's why I'm asking. Cause I, I, yeah. I know you. <laughs> Scott's like, don't give me one more fucking spreadsheet. To yeah,
1: don't, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of like making more work for myself right. <laughs> or anybody else, as you know. So, um, it's, it's, sales is like such, it's the hardest thing, in my opinion, the hardest role to fill and, and, and get right. You know, you can put people through every personality test there is every spreadsheet rubric that there is. I, I'm telling you, you're not going to get that much closer, if at all, to hiring the right candidates every single time. If somebody had figured that out, that playbook would be out there already. Yep. It would be out there already. And, and those people would be very, 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 very rich.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Doesn't exist yet. Yep. So, um. Next question for you, Um, well, actually not question, but I want to move this forward. Let's go back to the interview, right? So I'm a rep. I'm coming into interview. Um, What questions as a rep should I be asking my potential boss uh, as a sales rep, right? What kind of questions should I be asking? I've got a couple of them, but that sort of put us in that different mindset we've been talking about where like it's a level playing field where I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me.
1: I want to hear from you first this time because you 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 you've been out of the game on some level for a little while. right? Yeah. so I'm curious if your from your vantage point, your questions are the same as mine, having been in the thick of this for so long.
0: Yeah, so, you go first. So, um, so obviously, the first thing I look at is is the resume and putting the numbers first. Um, you know, the standard interview process, and you tell no, me, but you're, the- you're a rep you're a rep interviewing yeah. them. Okay yeah i'm a, I'm a rep. I want to come work for Scott. What kind of questions should I ask, Scott? Yeah, um, this is my single go to question that I tell people to ask, and it works wonderfully um, and I think it'll be fairly obvious, but I, if Scott, if you're interviewing me, I'll be like, hey, Scott, you know if you could snap your fingers right now and change three things at your company what what would they be just so I understand what it's like here and what answer what answers are you? Doesn't matter. Graham, you're looking for it. Doesn't matter. Nope, it doesn't.
1: matter. answer. Oh, are you trying to role play with me right now? Yeah, I'm role playing. Come on, well,
0: man.
1: <laughs> uh, we have more, more, larger pipeline,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, I would have all of the bugs and glitches, and you know, features that are you know everything in the product working smoothly, and mm-hmm. new stuff coming out um, faster, mm-hmm. right? And I would have, um, everybody onboarded and, you know, successfully implemented product like inside 30 days.
0: Sounds good. So, so what's preventing all that from even happening now, Scott, if those are the three most important things, why is it taking so long?
1: Well, now you see, now you have me pinned and explain why, explain, explain why you're doing this
0: because I wanna know what the culture of the company's like inside. I wanna understand how decisions are made. I wanna understand um, how good is my boss, right? Um, how good are they at handling objections, right? For me, it's also a culture thing, right? It tells me, you know, if, if Scott goes off on this, you know, like, well, you know, it's not my department and I can't control yeah. it, I'll be like, yeah, but Scott, like, then why would I need to come? Now, well, if, if you can't control it and it's a frustration, it's only going to be worse for me because I'm the end user. I'm the guy who's got to sell it.
1: Yeah, well, how I I agree.
0: You do that. Yeah, right. I agree. Now Scott's got to sell me on why I need to come back to this company. Right. That's yeah. my inter. What was your interpretation when you heard me position pin you that way?
1: Well, no, I I, I knew what you were trying to do and. Now I, I have one of two choices. I have to backtrack or I have to like spill the beans on some stuff that is, you know, not necessarily like amazing about my, my, my company or my, or right. my sales process. Yeah. So if I, if I was going down that, that rabbit hole and got pinned like that, I would very much lean toward total transparency, you know, and I would be like, yeah, we have shit that is fucked up, man. You know, this stuff is hard. And the difference between me and the other orgs that you're talking to is you're probably not going to have another VP tell you the truth the way I'm telling you. And that my only way out is in my opinion is like total transparency. Yeah. Right. Like the difference is you're going to be able to trust me. Right. I'm going to, I'm trying to get all this stuff done and fixed and we're working on all this stuff. And I'm just, I'm not trying to hustle you the way some of the other people are. Yep. Right. And if that works great. And if it doesn't, so be it right
0: so that that's my one go-to question that i coach people on um
1: that's a really good that's a really good one for people the, to because
0: it, it's kind of blows the mind of the person who they're interviewing and it makes you stand out in a very positive way um yeah it also shows you know psychologically what it's doing to the subconscious is it's showing this potential boss that you're unafraid to ask tough questions yeah that you're willing to engage in a dialogue when it's not going right because the reverse of it is is that hey what happens when your prospect says to you you know mr rep or mrs rep you know can your product or service do this do you know how to handle that as an answer as opposed to asking it as a question right i, I
1: hope people are paying attention to asking that question because the the, the types of questions that hiring managers get answer, get asked instead is like why do you like working here <laughs> you know or, or or how many of your reps uh, hit quota yesterday, right? Like, what is that really telling you, you right. know? What is right. that telling you? Um, I, I, you know, if, if I'm going in hiring, I, I like to ask people, are you, are you okay with me having conversations with a bunch of people on the team? This is one thing for the founders or the VP or, you know, who might be my direct boss to tell me how things are. But I want to have conversations with people who are, you know, who's on the ground right? Yep. Um, and so I like to ask people, are you okay with me having conversations with folks in some of these different roles or different departments and things like that? Um, I feel like that helps give me a good 360 degree view of the organization. And if somebody told me no, that would be a red flag to me that there's a problem. Why don't they want me to talk to somebody who is in CS? Why don't they want me to talk to somebody who's a rep right now? Yep. That's weird.
0: So did I pass your test, even though I've been out of the game was was my question good?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, and I hope people
0: listening take it away and, and and use that. what's what's your question or two you encourage reps to ask of their potential boss? Well, I just said
1: one I, I I think people should ask if they're if they can have conversations with other people you know on the team that are outside of the interview process, right um, I think people should ask. Sort of what is your goal and what are what are we trying to do here? I, I think it's ridiculous how taboo it is to talk about the end game. I, I, I've i never understood that. You no, know, I don't know if people are just superstitious, like don't talk about a no while it's in progress or something like that. Um, but I want to know. Like, talk about what, what in
0: progress? About? You broke up there. Don't talk about what?
1: Like there's a superstition in sports, like don't talk about a no hitter while it's in progress. Right. I feel so many times like managers and founders and what, like nobody wants to talk about what the end game is. Everybody's like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not going to talk about IPO. We're not going to talk about acquisitions. Like, well, I want to know, I want to know, like, what, what is the plan here? You know, are are, are you signed up for like a 10 to 15 year run to try to IPO and be a multi-billion dollar company? Or are you trying to, you know, get to like 10 million ARR and then flip the company for
0: 50, 60 million.
1: Like what am I signing up for? Yeah. So, nobody ever I, does that. Which I find what's out.
0: that? Nobody ever does that. They never get it to 10 and flip it for 60. Once they hit 10, they think about a hundred. Right? Well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation and a whole nother era of
1: a whole nother bit of stupidity in my mind where greed takes over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but at, at, at any rate, like I think people should ask those kind of questions. Like, why are, why are you here still, you know, right. what, what is the opportunity in front of you? What is, what is the goal? Yep. What, what are you trying to get to and, and why? Yep. And why? Yep. Right. Um, and what, what are the opportunities that you see, you know, bubbling up in the, in the future? What are the things that you look for? Uh, what are the commonalities and in, in the things that you've seen people who have started at the bottom and have ended up being able to move up in your organization?
0: So I have a question for you that I want I I think this is a question reps should ask and I think then maybe we'll wrap it up. But you know, and, and I know part of your answer, but I don't know all of it. But um, if I'm a rep and I go in and I say, hey Scott, just out of curiosity, how many, you know, how many people on the team, you got a 10 of 10, a team of 10. Let's just make it easy, right? You got a team of 10. How many people are hitting goal right now? Like that's a standard question people are supposed to ask, right? Uh, or if you're not, you should what should I be listening for from the manager back? Like if Scott comes back and says, Oh, that's a great question. Richard, you know what we got, we got six out of 10 people hitting or we've got nine out of 10 people hitting. What does that really tell the rep when they hear those numbers? Cause I think sometimes they they just think they should ask the question cause they need to ask the question. It's a good question, but what should they really be listening for?
1: And this is a, this is a really tricky, tricky one, you know? Um, I think most reps are hoping to hear that 10 out of 10 people are hitting quota. Um, That is a huge red flag to me. I can't fathom. I don't know any organization where 10 out of 10 people are, are hitting quota. If they are all hitting quota, I would think that the quota is going to get raised like five minutes ago. So that that doesn't make any sense. Um, if, If somebody says nobody's hitting quota, that's going to be equally concerning. Like, why is that? Is the, the quota must be way too high, or this particular product is just not even sellable? You know, the the sweet spot and the right answer is like seventy to seventy-five percent of of people, um, you know, should be at at quota. That's right. the right kind of that's the right kind of number. Right. You know, I I think people should be listening for honesty and transparency and a good explanation, not just the number you know, well, last month we had six out of 10 people hit for you know, the average percent to goal, you know, or percent attainment was this, you know, the average income and commissions from those people was this, right? And, and those are, those are important. Num- There's much more important numbers, I think, than what percent of
0: people hit hit goal. One of if, if you were a boss, right? Like I, I want you to be the bad boss for a minute. And I asked you this question, What's a bullshit answer that a rep should be like, this guy's, I don't want to work for a guy. So if I say, Scott, you know, how many people out of, out of, out of the, 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 you know, the month or the quarter are hitting goal. And even if you say seven to 10, but how is the, how is the leader going to bullshit that answer anyway so that the rep can start to think about, wait a minute, is this person even telling me the truth, even though that's a reasonable number?
1: Well, I, th- I think if they just say, yeah, you know, like 80, 90% of people will hit quota basically every single month and then stop. It's the stopping that is the concerning part to me. You know?
0: what, could, what about that stop concerns you?
1: There's, there's no detail, there's no, there's no data, there's no explanation. Like, what, if 100% of people hit quota, right? the commission payout is like a dollar, what difference does it make? If 50% of people hit quota, but the average rep on the floor made $10,000 in commissions, is that bad? I, I want to know I need to know more what does it all mean mm-hmm. You're right so yeah. the the not giving any detail or explanation of the answer um really would concern me and and that's that's this, that's the shitty boss to me is yep. you know well eighty percent eighty percent hit quota yep and then like nothing else, no other detail
0: yep cool any other last minute tips or, or advice on interviewing for folks um I, I mean I just I huge, but I, to, I wild. Just,
1: just to like just to like summarize for me is like you know your LinkedIn profile basically is your resume to me. So you should treat it with care. You should not get stuck on one opportunity. You should be treating it like a pipeline. And in any kind of pipeline, you know, you want to have like five, 10x the number of deals that you expect to close. So you should be kind of having five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve job opportunities floating around and, and change the power dynamic. Make sure you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you.
0: No, I think that's great, man. Thank you.
1: What's your, give give, give the audience your three takeaways.
0: Uh, My, my three takeaways are one own your LinkedIn profile. Um, We didn't discuss it, but I'll tell it when you apply to a job, go apply to the job. Go connect with who you think your line manager is on LinkedIn saying, Hey, I just applied to this job, but I wanted to just sort of make a connection in case it's you. I would go connect with who I think is in HR and do the exact same thing. Hey, I just applied to this job. Not sure if it's going to fall under you or someone else at the org, but just want to let you know I'm super interested. I would then pick up the phone and I would call this potential hiring manager. I would pick up the phone and call that potential HR person. That's five things. That's five. That's your cadence. That's your sequence of prospecting your job searches. And you do that and you will get more interviews. And if you get more interviews, you get to do these things that Scott and I are talking about. So that's, there you go. I didn't get it out there as fast when I wanted, but that's it. So that owning your LinkedIn profile, going after it in a very meticulous prospecting way, um, flipping the script, right? Ask those tough questions. Um, don't put your potential boss on the spot in a rude way but it's okay to push a little bit and see how they respond because you need to see how they respond in those moments. Um, and then I think the last thing is um, to ask those questions. Ask that question of, hey, what are the three things that you, you wish you could change at the snap of a finger? Great, what's preventing it? Um, asking more about the compensation around those things that, that Scott was talking about. So, um, so those, are, those are more than three, but those are good takeaways and a good summary. So, Good stuff. Good stuff. Till next time. I'll catch you in the next one. All right. See you, brother. Love you.